everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. week I went back and re-watched a very short uh, drama that I was mad obsessed with when it came out. So Page Turner. Page Turner is a youth drama. It is very much about dreams and just kind of knowing yourself and understanding what you want out of life. Um, it's a really interesting show. So I guess the background of it is that it is only three episodes, so it will definitely not take up a lot of your time. Um, it aired in 2016 and it stars, um, so basically, you know, I, I got really excited when the casting came out because it stars Kim So Hyun, who is my favorite actress ever. I just fucking adore her. She's so good. Um, so I remember hearing that she was cast in, you know, a youth drama. Um, and for some reason it's only three episodes and also that the male lead would be Jisoo. So Jisoo has been around since forever. Like I think he really broke out with a side role in, um, the Korean drama called Angry Mum which if you haven't seen it is well worth a watch. Like it is a wonderful, wonderful show. Um, and he was amazing in that. So Jisoo really, I think there wasn't a single person who watched that show and wasn't like, who the fuck is he? Like he was good. Um, and he, you know, he kind of blew up, I guess, because of it, but he just didn't really ever take on lead roles. You know, you get a lot of these breakout actors who immediately pick a, you know, a lead role. And sometimes that's great. And sometimes it bombs because maybe they're not quite ready or they don't really have the gravitas to hold a whole show. And I feel like Jisoo just spent years and years and years playing side characters or second male leads or roles within ensemble casts. And I just never could understand. Like, I felt like he had, he was a good actor. I felt like he could have kind of handled a lead role. And I also feel like he had a big community of fans um, who would have embraced him having a lead role. So I was so excited to see, oh my gosh, he's finally been cast in a lead role. Of course, now, um, as I'm recording this in 2020, you know, he has had like one fucking lead role. I don't know why he hasn't had a zillion. It's really, really strange. Um, but anyway, um, I was really excited back in 2016 to find out he finally had a lead and, you know, slightly miffed when I realized it was only a three episode drama. Um, so I guess I should talk a little bit about the show. So Paige Turner, I have no idea why it's only three episodes. Basically, it has the feel of, you know, a youth drama that, I mean, it should be 16 episodes. It's the only thing wrong with the show, to be honest, is that it isn't longer because 
it's great. It's really, really wonderful. Um, it has, and I'll just be completely honest, it has very low production value, like a production yeah, value or quality. Um, obviously, not a lot of money. The sets are, you know, there's not a lot of atmosphere, I guess I should say. Um, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of the way that Dream High was filmed. This really kind of kitschy, low budget, kind of creaky sort of thing. Um, so there's nothing about Page Turner that particularly looks beautiful to the eye, except, you know, the lead actors. <laughs> um, all the lead actors are, you know, obviously completely beautiful, but the actual, you know, the way that it's edited or the way that the shots are set up, like there's nothing good looking about it um, at all, to be honest, and the way the sets are. So it's not a hugely atmospheric show and it's a little bit kitschy. And I guess you're probably wondering, like, why am I talking about the show and saying I liked it when it's so shit? But the thing about it is that it's not shit. It's like you just you sink into a story that has a lot of depth a lot of themes, a lot of messages that are really beautiful and quite moving. It's a very emotional show and I really like the topics that it explores around the idea of, you know, parents putting this really intense pressure on their children to succeed to the point where these children are literally at breaking point and the parents still still push and still cannot see and and I guess children that you know are living in this sort of suffocating existence these teens who just don't understand who they are or what they want and you know in this way they've sort of sunk into like a prison their own life becomes a prison to them and they're unable to change direction or break free so I mean a lot of the themes in this show are quite heavy and there's a lot of emotional stuff there's also a lot of goofiness and silliness um so, I mean, you know, in terms of its tone, it really shifts back and forth. But there's so much heart in this show. I think that it is really impactful in its kind of kitschy, low-budget way. Um, it's really good. And I think all the actors do a wonderful job. So, you know, they don't feel low-budget in the way that their characters feel fully fleshed out and formed and like real people with real problems um, that have to make real decisions with real consequences, you know. So the conflicts and the emotion all ring very true. Um, and I think really, you know, that's all you really need, I think, to make a show worth watching. And I think that Paige Turner is well worth your time. I mean, it, it's not even much of your time. It's only three episodes. I think you should definitely check out Page Turner. All right, so I'm going to see if I can give you guys a little bit of a plot setup so you can see if it's, you know, your kind of show or perhaps you've already watched it. And if you have already seen Page Turner, I would love to hear your thoughts on this show. Um, it's something I was so excited about when it was airing. And now, you know, a few years later, rewatching it, it's just got so much heart. I think it's such a, an affecting kind of story and it really made me think a lot about these interactions between parents and children and also, you know, kids who are kind of, you know, it doesn't always need to be about pianos or music or anything, just the idea of that kind of parental pressure. I think someone is mowing outside, so I'm just going to go and shut the windows because it's way too loud. 
All right, well, hopefully that's a little bit quieter now and that wasn't too annoying. Um, so the show kind of begins with Kim So-hyun's character called Yusul. So Yusul is, oh, so she goes to an arts high school. She majors in classical piano and she is obviously bonkers talented at it. But when I say bonkers talented at it, I mean um, she's been learning it since, you know, before she could walk. So she has 10 years or more of training behind her but she has I guess a natural ability to really express emotion through her amazing playing and I think that's what really gives her the edge and that's why at her arts high school she is the number one student. Um, she's also really prickly and arrogant and quite rude <laughs> of course. Um, so she has her greatest rival at school is played by the actor Shin Jae-ha um, and his name in the show is Jin Mok. So he is another piano major and he's also like unbelievably good at classical piano and he's you know comes from a very rich family. He's very like you barely see this boy smile in the whole show. He's very... I guess at the beginning he might come off a little bit cold and aloof, but he's not really. There's a lot going on underneath the surface with this guy and he's very suppressed really. Um, he doesn't have a good home life and he doesn't have anyone who supports him or gives him, you know, any semblance of care. So, I mean, you know, that's a pretty traditional character setup, I would say, but he's very likable and it's quite interesting to see his transformation through the show, which is quite subtle and I don't mind that at all. Um, so we see that the history behind these two, you know, mortal enemies that they both hate each other is that Yusul's mum, who is like, you know, she's basically a bit of a tyrant. She just micromanages every moment of Yusul's life and, you know, just forces her to play for hours and hours. But in saying that, Yusul hasn't really rebelled. She just does everything her mother says, but inside her heart there is bitterness and resentment, but she has not expressed that at all. So her mother has no idea. And it's all stemmed from many, many years ago when Jinmok and Yusul were still small children. Yusul's mother is a piano teacher and she was at, you know, Jinmok's big rich family house teaching him piano. And frankly, she was really intense towards a small child, kind of like telling him he wasn't doing it right and he wasn't doing good enough when, frankly, he sounded, I thought he sounded pretty cool. Um, but, you know, Jin Mok in return, because he does come from this very rich, entitled family, he kind of said some rude shit back at Yusul's mum and was very kind of, I guess, looked down on her. And it was a real breaking point for Yusul's mum. And she, you know, drags Yusul out of there and says she'll never teach there again. And it's kind of this, this thing where she has to prove that yes, she doesn't have money and all this privilege that she can give to her child, but her child will be the best pianist that there is. And that is the one thing that Yusul's mother can impart to her daughter. But what she doesn't know is that she is slowly killing her daughter just through this suffocation in her life you know Yusul doesn't have friends she's cold and rude and prickly and arrogant and she's that way because her mother has taught her to be that way and we see this in a scene early on in the drama where um, Yusul's mother encourages Yusul at an exam at school like an open exam where everyone has to get up and play a piece of music she 
Her mother encourages Yusul to volunteer to be a page turner when Jinmok does his exam. So the page turner, of course, is if you're reading a piece of piano music, you're quite busy with your hands playing piano, so you can't actually turn the music sheets um, when it comes to the end of what you can see. So Yusul's mum wants her daughter to, you know, accidentally not turn the page on time and totally fuck up Jinmok's exam, which is, you know, fucking underhanded and horrible. And Imagine, you know, a parent, a parent tells her daughter that and Yusul's not really that keen to do it. Um, and in the end, she doesn't do it. And, you know, Jinmok's exam goes really well. But then when Yusul gets up there, Jinmok, um, he says that he'll be her page turner and he he fucks it up. He drops it and, you know, tries to break her flow. I'm not really sure if he does it on purpose or not, but I kind of think he probably does it does do it on purpose because he has like an intense inferiority kind of complex towards Yusul and he wants to beat her and it's because you know she's very hard on him I suppose and never acts like he's good enough which is what he gets at home as well and I think he's just looking desperately for someone to acknowledge him somewhere so he's very brittle and he's basically at breaking point. And just to give you guys an idea of the kind of intenseness um, that Yusul's mum is kind of passing down to her daughter, there is this line of dialogue that I had to write down. I was just like, whoa, this woman. So when she's kind of telling her daughter to fuck up, you know, her rival Jinmok's uh, piano exam, uh, Yusul's mum says to her, do you know why worms squirm when you step on them? Because you stepped too softly. Like just finish the job, absolutely wipe them out the first time. Um, and so this was her talking about Jinmok, like he's a worm, don't just squeeze him, don't just poke him, like fucking annihilate him. And so after the exam, you know, Yusul's mum gets really angry at her for not, you know, having done the underhanded cheating thing. Um, and Yusul then goes up to Jinmok and basically just tells him he's a piece of shit. He's nothing. He'll never be worth anything. He's no good. So, I mean, these are all really prickly intense, slightly horrible people um, at the beginning of this show, as you've probably figured out. Um, so meanwhile, we have Jisoo playing a character called Chashik. So Chashik is just such a different kind of person. He is a big goof. I don't know how to describe him other than the biggest goof that ever goofed in the whole world. Like he's so silly, but he's also so straightforward. He's the kind of guy that is a bit of an idiot, but he wears his heart, you know, open for anyone to see. Like there's no holding things back. And it really you know, it's quite a refreshing sweetness, I suppose, to his very straightforwardness as opposed to all these other people who are playing manipulation games, who are constantly, you know, putting barbs into their words, who always have double meanings to their compliments, you know. And Chashik, meanwhile, is just, he's just, he's just a dude and he's just letting every, all his emotions out there. Um, but of course, he's a bit of a blustering sort of, he's a bit of a braggart. Um, he's always talking himself up. And if someone kind of disses his mom, he just goes mental crazy. Um, and he's also, I actually don't know what they're called, like a pole jumper. He's like, you know, about to get on the Korean, you know, national team. And you know, that thing where you run along and you have pole and then you like pull yourself up by the pole and jump over a different pole. Um, I don't really know what that sport is, but it's like an athletics thing and it's, it's a weird sport. And I wonder who made that up and 
it's very strange. But anyway, he basically is at, you know, a track meet and he does like, an, it's, it's really goofy actually. I don't even know if I liked this section of the drama because it's just like, it's excruciatingly cringeworthy kind of watching Chashik be such a big goof at this point but someone disses his mom and suddenly he's like you know he was just lays out bets all the time and he's like well if I can you know break this world record then you have to you know apologize to my mom or something like that um so he's he's very embarrassing um and of course he does he breaks this really crazy record because he's just so determined he's got this personality like he's got such a dogged sort of bullishness to him where if he says he's going to do it he's just going to freaking do it um but then when he he tries to repeat it and do it again and he actually does make it but then th- when he's falling like his pole thing goes into a very unfortunate position and he gets really fucked up and ends up in hospital and told basically that he has to give up sports which is what his entire life just circles you know that is who he is um in the same way that Yusul is the piano except that Yusul has been forced to be the piano she doesn't even know if she likes it or not but Chashik you know he's just put all in with sports that's what he does that's who he is and it's what he loves um, I might point out too, it's very funny in this drama, like if a character has a passion, like for instance, Yusul's, um, sorry, Chashik's mum is a writer. So when you see her in a bedroom, there's like all these photos of writers on her wall. And in Chashik's bedroom, there's all these photos of like, like weird photos of like pole jumpers on his wall. And then like all the pianists have like framed photos of Beethoven on their wall. And I was like, just because you're a writer doesn't mean you want a thousand writers on your wall like looking down at you all the time. I just thought it was very, very funny. <laughs> it's such a like, you know, like a a simple one dimensional way to look at someone's passion. <laughs> like you only like one thing in your whole life, not multiple things. But anyway, uh, that's just a funny thing that I thought was amusing. Um, so basically, um, after the meet, you know, the, the piano exam, when Yusul basically completely tore Jinmok to pieces verbally in a very rude way, Jinmok, um, who's quite religious, runs off to a church and basically prays to God that God will, um, smite Yusul for him. But unfortunately for Jinmok, right at that moment, um, Yusul does get into a car accident and she ends up in hospital and she's all good, but she goes blind. Um, so she still looks completely beautiful, no scarring or anything, but she's completely blind now. Um, and her mother's reaction is she's horrified that her daughter's blind, but not because her daughter's blind and can't see the world anymore and has to change her whole life because her daughter will no longer be a piano genius. And this is the point that Yusul just she fucking cracks it like she's she's had enough she she feels like she's sacrificed her entire life to play the piano so for instance she's never been riding on a bike because she might fall over and hurt her hands and not be able to play piano and she's never done all these things while she could see and enjoy them that she has now realized she will never get the opportunity to do so she's just at crisis point and her mom just can't recognize that and just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and talking about the piano, even though Yusul's entire life has just completely, you know, exploded basically. And so Yusul, um, she basically in the hospital walks off and is trying to find the roof. And of course her and Chashik 
um, bang into each other and he's coming down from the roof. And Chashik is such a like a happy-go-lucky, silly kind of dude um, that you never really think much about what he was doing on the roof. But he recognizes something in Yusul when she asks to be brought to the roof. And instead of bringing her up there, because he can obviously guess what is on her mind, which is, of course, jumping off, which is super dark and very emotional, um, he brings her into the car park and basically lets her think that she's jumping off the roof. Um, and meanwhile, Jin Mok is feeling so utterly confused and guilty. He feels like he's caused this accident. He feels like he's ruined Yusul's life. Um, he turns up at the hospital to apologize and, and, you know, I guess beg her forgiveness. And it's just this really hilarious and also really sad sort of emotional thing where he's kind of telling her not to jump. And then Chashik's like somewhere else, just like not really getting involved, but listening. And then she does like you saw just, she falls off the roof. She just launches herself off. But of course she doesn't know that Chashik hasn't actually brought her to the roof. He's brought her to a weird car park and he's waiting at the bottom and he just catches her. And it's very, very, very funny. But, you know, it's this kind of funniness that's so goofy and silly, but really has been born out of such a traumatic, deep, emotional, dark interaction. Like it's a really, it's just such an interesting Oh, I think it's just something K-dramas do amazingly well, that shift between light and dark. And to be able to hit the beats that it does in this scene with Yusul screaming about her life, it's really the first time that she's let out all this emotion. And for the first time, we get to understand how she feels, that she doesn't even think she likes the piano, you know, and she's tired of everything and she's tired of her mother and she's tired of hating Jin Mok and she doesn't want to live like this. And it's so sad um, and it feels so real and gritty and raw and emotional. And then when she jumps off and she gets caught by Chashik and she just looks ridiculous, like caught in his arms, princess style. And then he puts her down and basically just tells her that, you know, she's a big spoiled child and totally like, just dresses her down like he's so rude to her at this really emotional moment and it's very very funny like it's really well done so I just I really enjoyed these kind of strange transitions like you know it's such a low budget creaky kind of show and then it makes you feel stuff and it makes you laugh um and I guess the whole thing about Chashik is that he's just such an adorable goof that when there are moments where you see beneath that into his own worries and stresses like it's almost doubly affecting because it's not surface level with him you know he's just such a nice silly guy and you know he loves his mum so much and he's constantly so nice to Yusul even though she's frankly she's a bit of a bitch to him which again very funny to watch um but it does mean that the moments where you see Chashi cracking up a bit um you know they're very affecting and same with Jin Mok's journey, you know, he's such a, you know, I guess you think he's such a hateful, spoiled, rich, you know, horrible, sour boy. And then little by little, you realize how desperate he is to find his way in the world and just to, you know, I guess to hear praised for just someone to say something nice to him, the poor boy. So it's really, really good. I just, I really liked the characters. I liked their dynamic. Um, so basically, I'm not going to tell you guys the whole plot because I think it's worth watching. But the rest of the setup is that Chashik can no longer be a weird pole jumper and do sports anymore. He's not allowed to. 
And so he needs to find a new dream and he doesn't, he doesn't know what he wants. And he basically just shuts himself in his room and goes into this intense black depression. Like it's so dark and awful for him. You feel so sad for him. He's just completely lost his way. And his mother tells him that this very famous pianist um, is actually his father and that Chashik is very talented and he can do anything he wants. But Chashik is such an intense kind of go get him sort of hard worker that he decides he's a piano genius and has to go to piano genius school, which is, of course, where Yusul goes and Jinmok goes. Meanwhile, Yusul has, you know, is dealing with the fact that she's blind and she's also trying to rebel against her mother for the first time. She doesn't want her mother to walk around with her everywhere. She wants to make her own way, but she doesn't have any friends, so she doesn't have anyone who can help her at school. And so um, Jin Mok, who's still feeling really guilty and really confused, offers to, you know, be her helper and walk around with her all the time. And Yusul is just, you know, she's so prickly and proud. She's straight away just like, no. And of course, Chashik turns up desperate to get into the school, but no one will let him transfer there. So he offers to be Yusul's sort of um, eyes, basically. He will walk around with her, he'll bring her to and from school, he'll tell her what, you know, the teachers are writing on the board and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, at first he's a big dummy, but he just works so hard. And then soon, you know, I think he he ends up being a little bit impressive. But then, um, you know, he basically, because of his big braggy mouth, he ends up setting uh, a bet where within three months um, he has to win a piano competition, which is like the kind of piano competition that people have been playing for 10 years in order to win. Um, but that really is the setup of the story. It's such a short story that I don't want to say that it feels unfinished because it doesn't. It's like a little window into these people's lives. And you definitely feel like there's all these complex things that are going to continue on after the show ends. But it doesn't feel unfinished in a cut off, unexplained kind of way. But it does feel like I just would desperately want more. I wish it was 16 episodes because I think the characters and their conflicts and the interactions between them, there's just room for so much more exploration there. Like, I think they've really crafted a wonderful story and wonderful characters. And I would love to know what happens to them after these three episodes were done. Um, because they do feel like you can tell they're going to keep going and, and have all these different, I guess, dramas and, uh, dreams and different journeys and different growth and there's certainly by the end of episode three a real level of catharsis um you know you do feel like the maybe the emotional arcs within that are kind of set up within the beginning of page turner you do get a culmination and you do have a feeling but of you know of, of closure i suppose um but there's so much more to tell about these characters that I want to know about so desperately. Um, I kind of want to spoil the whole thing and then do like a deep dive into the ending because I really, I really like the way, um, oh, the way it goes. But I also just want so much more. I want to know what happens next. But um, don't let that turn you off giving it a go because it doesn't feel unfinished. It just 
leaves you wanting more. Um, so I wish it was 16 episodes because I loved it. And I feel like there's so much more story here that could be told. Um, so I think that's it from me. I think I've waffled on quite a lot about Page Turner. Um, I definitely recommend it. It's so short. It barely will take up any of your time. Um, but I will say, you know, it's definitely a youth drama. It's set in a high school. Um, it's very kitschy and low budget, but it's got a lot of heart, like so much heart. Um, so yes, I definitely recommend Page Turner. Okay, so I, I know I just said that I was done talking about Page Turner and I was about to move on in the show and I definitely wasn't going to spoil everything. But also um, then when I <laughs> stopped recording, I was like, but I'm still thinking about it. I still want to talk about it. So so I'm back. Yay. I'm still talking about Page Turner. And I just wanted to add to what I'd already said, like this show the themes are really, you know, there is the whole parental pressure thing, but really it's about dreams. And this is what I think it's the theme that I liked so much about this show and about what the show is trying to say about youthful dreams, you know. And this idea that each of our three main characters really approaches their dreams differently. You know, one is Yusul, who doesn't know if the piano is her dream or if it's her mother's dream. And she's never been allowed the opportunity to find out if it's what she wants herself. And by going blind and, you know, rebelling against her mother and trying to become independent, she's just given the space and time and opportunity to realize that she does love the piano. She actually loves it. If you take away and peel away all the pressure and all, you know, the awfulness of everything, it's something that she loves to do. And she discovers this because when Chashik kind of forces her to start playing again, she finds herself smiling. And then she kind of makes this bet in a way to protect herself that unless she wins first prize at this upcoming competition, she'll, she'll give up piano. She'll throw it all away and she won't play anymore. Um, but then, of course, little by little, as she grows to love playing more and more, because finally, for the first time in her life, she's playing for herself instead of her mother. You know, that bet has a lot riding on it. And suddenly she has to win this competition because it's a promise she's made to herself. And her pride is so intense that if she doesn't win the competition, she truly will throw it all away. And say that she didn't win because she was blind. And really that is about her being afraid to follow and embrace her dreams in case of failure. You know, it's a very frightening thing to pursue something you love even when you know you mightn't be able to do it. In a lot of ways it's setting yourself up for heartbreak. And that's what a dream is. A dream is pursuing the thing that you love despite that. Doing it anyway. So there's so much writing on this competition and winning it for Yusul. So, I mean, that's her sort of approach to her dream. And then on the flip side, we have Jin Mok. So my understanding is that Jin Mok has always cared about the piano. And he's always kind of done it despite his father thinking it's not worthy. Like his father says to him that he should be doing, you know, he should be doing business. He should be doing something else, going to university, not learning the piano and majoring in piano because if you're not good enough, if you're not genius enough to be, you know, a world-class concert pianist, then you're going to be 
a piano teacher and being a piano teacher is not good enough for the son of whoever this you know big business conglomerate this family is obviously very rich and influential and because of this Jin Mok has this thing about his playing that he has worked his guts out and he's so technically perfect like he's so good but he cannot make his music sing like he cannot put his soul and emotions into his playing and it always means he's less than the, the people around him particularly Yusul who puts all her emotions into her playing and for him it's a heartbreaking thing because he wants to play piano you know he wants to be a concert pianist he wants to be good enough and everyone keeps telling him he's not can't do it he's not good enough his dad's like you know you should quit it's a good decision if you quit if you go to university instead um and by i guess the arc of this very short show um Jin Mok has sort of realized that he loves it and it doesn't matter if he dedicates 10 years of his life to trying to be the best and trying to be a concert pianist and even if that doesn't work and he fails, those 10 years are still worth it. They're still worth his time. It's still worth it to him to follow his dream. And I love this idea because I think so many people in the world are very all or nothing about things. You know, very like, if I can't be the best, I'm not even going to try. And I think it's such, it's a terrible attitude because the truth is as soon as you get what you want, you know, it's that whole concept of be careful what you wish for, because usually when you get what you want, you kind of realize that now you just want something else. I mean, we're humans, it's human nature. So if you spend your entire life, you know, just just concentrating on the goal of getting what you want, when you get it, you're not exactly going to feel fulfilled. It's just impossible. You're going to feel happy and then you're going to start thinking about what else you need and want in your life or what other doors are now open to you. And so, you know, Jin Mok having this realization that, yes, he knows what he wants. He knows what he wants to be in the future and he'll try his best to get there. He will definitely work his guts out to get there. But even if it doesn't happen, it's still worth his time in the meantime to try. So he understands that he could fail and he thinks that his life is still worth living, even if at the end of that journey, there is what some people would consider failure. And I loved it. And it was like this realization for him that his passion for playing piano is more important than status or even the outcome of the future. Like he should just follow what he, his heart wants to follow. And having that realization for Jin Mok enables him to the, for the first time to put his heart into his playing, you know, and I thought it was really, really beautiful. And really the thing that instigates that he's at the point where he's going to give up. And the thing that instigates him deciding not to is that Yusul hears him playing. So she's sitting next to him and she thinks that it's Chashik who she's been practicing with. But the truth is Chashik, even though he's worked so hard, he knows that he's not good enough to win this competition. And he understands that for Yusul, it's not just pride. Like it's for him, it's pride. He wants to win the competition. He's proving something to other people and proving something to himself. But for Yusul, 
whether she continues playing or not, it all rides on the outcome of this competition. So Chashik really understands how much of her heart is sort of embroiled in this thing. And so Jinmok comes in and plays this section of music in the practice room that Chashik just is unable to do. And I think it's such a, you know, it's such a moment of growth for Chashik, you know, because the rest of the drama is really about him being like, no, I can do it anything impossible, he can do it. This is the first time he admits he can't do it. And it's more important to him that Yusul can live well and have her dream fulfilled than him just being dogged and not admitting something to himself. So it's such a moment of seeing like, you know, a youth turn into a grown-up, of seeing like a boy become a man in this moment where he understands and admits it that he can't do it and then he enlists the help of Jinmok who can do it and after Yusul hears Jinmok play and she does it without all the prejudices that she would normally have surrounding him because she hates his guts um, because she doesn't know it's him she listens she properly listens and then afterwards she tells him that it was perfect that it was beautiful that he is incredible and poor Jinmok you know she doesn't even know it's him and he just cries. It's such a moving moment. Um, it's so sad and beautiful. And you realize, you know, no one has ever been nice to him and no one has ever given him a compliment. You know, he's poured his guts into his music all these years and only people tell him that he's not there yet, that he's not good enough, that he can't do it, that there's no soul in his music. And it's such a turning point. And you know that when they play on stage together, even though Yusul still doesn't know it's him, like his heart and soul is in that music. And that's the turning point when he realizes that it doesn't matter if he can do it or not. He's going to try anyway because it fulfills his creative heart in the meantime. And that is what is important to him. So I loved Yusul and Jinmok's journeys and personal growth and their dreams. And then we have Chashik. And I feel like Chashik. On the surface, he comes across as the more uncomplicated character, as the more straightforward, obvious guy. But in the end, I think his character journey is so much more complex and complicated than the others. It's very tangled and difficult. And this is because, you know, he's always thrown himself all in and his sports, he was obviously very good at it. And he has lost this dream to the point where he is shattered. And yes, he did go up to the roof and consider jumping off. And in the end, he was too afraid. And even that hurts his heart. You know, he can't do anything. He can't be anyone. And his mum recognizes this you know, this growing sadness inside her son, who's such a, you know, normally happy-go-lucky, straightforward kind of kid. And so suddenly the mother feels like she needs to do something. She needs to break him out of this funk that he's in. And so she lies and she has, you know, I guess she's not traditionally successful. Um, she's a writer, but, you know, not having written any novels of her own and not having made any money. So she doesn't feel like she wants to encourage Chashik to take after her. So she makes up, you know, a big lofty goal um, because Chashik started talking about the piano all the time after meeting Yusul um, and getting interested in classical music. So suddenly she's like, well, I guess uh, this famous classical pianist is your dad. And here's a photo of us together, you know, many years ago at a concert. 
obviously she's his fan and she just took a photo of them together. And Chashik just grabs onto this, like this concept, like it is a lifeline. He cannot let it go because it, he builds his whole self-confidence, like I guess rebuilds his self-confidence based on the fact that his father is a piano genius and therefore he automatically is too. Um, and of course, um, when he finally finds out that this guy isn't his dad at all, and by this point he's, he's still kind of believing that he can get up there on stage and just magically he's going to be able to play this piece that he can't really play. Um, and when he hears this piece of news, it really hits home and everything comes crashing down and he realizes that he, he can't do it. And this is the moment, you know, I guess where he, I think, you know, this moment of growth where for the first time in his life, he realizes that there's something more important than him just doggedly pursuing a goal. And that's Yusul and her dream. But it also means that at the end of the show, Chashik ends up in a very, it's, he is in a dark place, but you have confidence that he will figure himself out. Because I think as a young man, he's really proved how, um, I guess, tenacious and how, you know, goal oriented and how hard he's willing to work. You know, he's, he's such a good character and you can really feel that he will be okay. But he is sort of left in a kind of a complicated, dark place. But there is a scene, you know, where the mother finally admits why she did what she did to him, why she lied. And it's because she didn't feel that she was good enough. And I think that's a real, again, you know, a point that strikes home with Chashik because he loves his mum so much that he can't bear to see her looking down on herself and he brings her to a piano and he plays her the piece and I think the idea is yes it's not good enough to win the competition it's not good enough to play on stage at this crazy competition but he's also learned this piece in three months and he's amazing like he's so good and for the first time he's able to sort of be I'm not playing this this well in such a short amount of time because my dad's some grand pianist. It's because you're my mum and that's good enough and that's worth it. And I think it's the point where he starts to realise that he and his mum and their life and who he is is enough. Um, and I would have loved to have continued the drama. I would have loved to have seen what Chashik really decides to do next. Will he pursue the piano even though, you know, he obviously loves it. Look how hard he was willing to work. Like, is this him discovering that he's not playing piano because of his famous dad who doesn't exist? Perhaps he's playing piano because he wants to play and maybe that, you know, that's good enough. And if he keeps working hard, he'll do really well. I imagine he would because he's, you know, just such a go-getter. Um, but I really would have loved to follow that through. The other thing I would have loved is that, you know, Jin Mok has just lived so long desperate for approval, I guess. And getting this approval from Yusul about his playing just changes his entire life. But the interesting thing is Yusul still doesn't know that she's given that approval. And I would have loved to follow their storyline through and find out when she would knowingly give him her approval because eventually she will I know she will um, she's softening um, and her mom has less of this influence about crushing everybody all the time so I would have loved to see how that unfolded and also Chashik and Jin Mok 
who hate each other at the beginning of the drama and are constantly at each other's throats, you know, they really sort of evolve to having an understanding that there are certain things that are more important than just petty rivalry or bets, you know, and they, Chashik really helps Jin Mok through his tough times and I think really solves this problem that Jin Mok has. Um, and I would have liked to see how their relationship develops, you know, and particularly with Yusul in the mix that really the drama like it has romance undertones I suppose in that you can see that something's going to happen at some point between these three people but really the drama doesn't last long enough for you to exactly find out what that is you get the impression that I mean Chashik obviously likes Yusul but I don't know if he's like into her in that way or he might be and you know Yusul really comes to rely on Chashik but then if things soften between her and Jin Mok how will that make her feel and I just I would have loved to follow those characters longer in this story and find out um, how how things would be once maybe some romantic emotions got into this tangled mix that already exists um so frankly, uh, I, ha I had a lot of fun just doing my last little waffle there that I wasn't going to do and also totally ruining the ending for all of you. Um, I don't know why I ever try and do spoiler free because it just doesn't work. I get too excited. Uh, so this time I really am finished talking about Page Turner. Go watch it and then tell me how you feel. So now it is time for my something I'm loving this week section and this was too easy for me to pick what I am obsessing about this week. Um, so it is a television show but it is not a Korean one, it is actually a German one. So this is a German language historical show and it is fucking amazing it is so good. It is called Babylon Berlin. Um, think. Two seasons already aired like maybe a year ago and now in 2020, um, just recently as I, um, as I record this episode, uh, season three just dropped. And this show is like, it's like a detective noir story. And I'm really into detective stuff. I'm into mystery stuff, but I'm particularly into detectives and mystery that has a historical element and particularly that really, I guess, lean strongly on a, a very strong sense of place, um, which are all things that I really badly wanted to try and instill into my own detective mystery book, A Song for Lonely Wolves. Um, and this show which is called Babylon Berlin, it literally has every fucking element of a story and a television show that works for me. So basically the story is set in the late 1920s in Berlin. Um, and it is a time of great political upheaval, as you can imagine, in the final decade leading into World War II and in the aftermath of World War I. So Berlin politically is just very tumultuous and quite dangerous. There's a few kind of um, uh, political parties rising that people are a little bit afraid of. And I can imagine that you probably can guess um, what I'm referring to there. But basically the story itself, despite this sweeping epic kind of backdrop, 
The story of Babylon Berlin is a little bit smaller, or at least it starts with this very intimate, smaller look. So um, the main character is a detective called Rath. And Rath, or Gerion, I'll call him Gerion because saying Rath is kind of hard. <laughs> um, so Gerion is a World War I vet soldier. So he's still a very young man because it's only been, you know, he was obviously like late teens when he was in the war. And he has a lot of leftover trauma. Basically, he has a severe case of PTSD to the point where he has panic attacks and his hands shake and he gets all sweaty. But back then in the 1920s, PTSD did not exist. What they thought that was, was cowardice. And you would lose your job. You would get put into like a mental home, um, a mental asylum. Like it's, it's fucking terrible. People did not recognize the impact that trauma could have on a human being. So wrath, or sorry, Detective Gerion is, he's trying very, very, very hard to keep this big problem that he has a big secret. And in order to control the um, side effects of his PTSD, the physical manifestation of it, which is about to get him into a lot of trouble, um, like at his police department where he works, he is taking some like scary drugs, which back in the 1920s was like, you know, take heroin, do whatever. But, you know, these days we kind of know this stuff isn't very good for you either. So basically, he is a fucked up detective who is very likable, but, you know, is dealing with a lot of problems. And he gets embroiled in, you know, some murder cases that seem small, but then like have all these connections to these big sort of political parties and this, the landscape of Germany and Berlin as it's, you know, changing in the lead up to World War II. So it's amazing story. It's set in this very dirty gritty kind of world like it's there's an element of you know I guess noirish to it which makes it very stylish but it also has like the poverty and the dirt of reality in a way that I don't think you often see in kind of um kind of war era historical dramas um like this you know this kind of a show which is set in the lead up to world war ii and then um, another major, major character is this amazing young woman called Charlotte or Lottie, who is incredible. And she's basically, you know, comes from an absolutely downtrodden um poverty stricken family and she's just trying to live a good life and get out but she's also working as a call girl and a dance girl but what she wants is to be a fucking detective and she is really sharp and intelligent and cool and her and Garyan sort of meet each other and start trying to solve some stuff but it's this very like or like slow burn, noirish, stylish, beautiful drama with mystery and just like, I fucking adore it. I'm so obsessed with it this week. So um, basically I have to say this week, my K-drama watching has sort of been put aside and it's just, it is all Babylon Berlin for me this week. Um, so that is the show. It is called Babylon Berlin. It's in the German language. And I think you should check it out if that sounds like your kind of thing, obviously. 